There's plenty of bad news out there. How about some good news? The book of Proverbs says that good news from a far country is like cold waters to a thirsty soul. I'm glad you're listening, because I do have good news. It's from a far country, so get out a tall glass. My name is Dean Kirshner, and I'm part of the Ministry of Gospel Link. As you can tell by the name, Gospel Link is centered on the good news of Jesus Christ, who He is, what He has done, and what He is doing today. Let's play a word game. I'll say the word, and you tell me what image comes to your mind. Ready? Nepal. Himalayan mountains. Okay, so what did you picture? When most people hear of Nepal, they do think of mountains. I mean, Mount Everest is the tallest mountain out there, at least on our planet. However, did you know there are jungles in Nepal? I remember reading a book about the honey seekers of Nepal, and there were dozens of pictures of people getting honey out of the jungle. What did you think of when I said Himalayan mountains? Maybe Everest again. Maybe Kathmandu, the capital. Well, if I had been on the other side of the game, you know what I would have thought of? The abominable snowman. I've always been fascinated with this creature. You see, I love comic books. Not Marvel or superhero animation. A comic book makes you laugh. Get it? Comic? So, my friend John Boss and I used to spend hours reading comic books when we were kids. One of my earliest and most favorite comic books was Uncle Scrooge and the Abominable Snowman. I was enthralled. Was there such a creature? I mean, in the comic book, he stole the lost crown of Genghis Khan, and Uncle Scrooge and Donald Duck had to go and find it. In junior high, John Boss and I started reading choose-your-own-adventure books. Money was tight back then, but we would save up, and I remember each of us buying one of these together. He bought The Forbidden Castle. But guess which one I bought? That's right. Choose-your-own-adventure with the abominable snowman. Unfortunately, John made a better choice, and as a result, he had a better adventure. Honestly, I was pretty disappointed with my book. Rarely could you actually encounter a yeti, and when you did, they were mild and pacific, not at all abominable. But the worst part of the book was that half the endings landed me in a Buddhist monastery where I could meditate and achieve mental peace. Now, I'm all for a sound mind. I mean, God wants that for his people. But I wasn't about to find mental peace when I had to sit around with monks and candles and John was fighting dragons and scaling castle walls in the book he had purchased. Uh, well, the truth is, Nepal is full of an abomination. Idolatry. But the title of this episode 
is from abomination to amazing. The Creator, Elohim, makes it clear over and over that there is one God, only one, one Creator. To worship the creation or the ancestors or to invent one's own deity to worship and revere is idolatry and it is a crime. It violates the first commandment that God gave Moses on Mount Sinai. Despite the facade of peace and harmony and the transcendental serenity that the temples and idols offer in Nepal, the people there do not live in peace. They are not free from their guilt. They don't know forgiveness of sins. They live in a never-ending pursuit of trying to appease the spirits that they cannot understand. Do you know that Jesus once said, that which is highly esteemed among men is abomination in the sight of God. I remember reading that verse and thinking about things that I highly esteemed. The Super Bowl. Is that an abomination in the sight of God? Wall Street. Lamborghinis. Corvettes. Halls of Fame. Hollywood. There are a lot of things that we highly esteem in America. I know for sure that idolatry is an abomination. In Deuteronomy, God calls the idols of wood, stone, silver, and gold abominations. Charlie Van Dova could have told you that the idols were worthless, even harmful. He may not have known, as he was growing up in Nepal, that his family's idols were an abomination to the God who had made him. But he did know that they didn't bring peace or joy. You see, Charlie's family idols had some kind of alcohol fetish. I should pause here and let you know that Charlie Vandova is not his real name. I need to protect his identity since this is a podcast and it is potentially worldwide. The government of Nepal has restrictions on Christians, though Christianity is not illegal. I think most of you know and would presume that church leaders can be more at risk as they evangelize and tear down the traditional strongholds. So we will keep Mr. Vandova's identity secret for now. If you want to email me, I would be glad to give you his real name. But for now, we will go with Charlie Vandova. Charlie's family was staunch Hindu. And, like I mentioned a minute ago, the particular false gods that the family followed demanded food and alcohol as offerings. Alcohol is not as cheap as water, no matter what culture or country you're from. So these offerings were a financial drain on the family. Nonetheless, no one ever thought of stopping such offerings. I mean, the offerings did have a side benefit. Because this was their god, they participated in the drink offering, so to speak. In other words, what's good for the God must be good for the guys. Charlie began drinking at a young age. It wasn't peer pressure. It wasn't hanging out at a ball game with a beer. It was participation in idolatry, an abomination. You know how bad this got? Charlie Vandovo dreaded holidays. Imagine that, dreading holidays. Why? because the holidays in Nepal are festive and colorful and full of feasting. Not at the Vandova house. Why? Because the festivals were also spiritually centered. 
and the idols demanded even more alcohol than usual on festivals. And Charlie, as a result, never got new clothes, never got new presents. You see, the family had to spend their meager rupees on the drink for the gods. It seems crazy, doesn't it? Imagine hating Christmas because instead of getting presents or having a nice meal, you have to sacrifice to the tree. Charlie tells that these holidays were the worst times of his boyhood. They were filled with regret and suffering, and there were family fights and quarreling all the time. Charlie testifies that he had no peace. He only had alcohol and idols. He believed that his life had no value. He looked around and realized that no one lived as bad as he did. As a teenager, he began to reason within himself. How can I follow a God who robs us of joy and peace? Instead of making our lives better, they obviously hurt us. He secretly decided that he would try to find a God that did not demand alcohol. I am not an expert on Hinduism, but I am guessing in a worldview with three million gods, one might be able to find a god who is a teetotaler, right? <laughs> in 2011, Charlie Vandova was 16 years old, and two events happened in his life. These were amazing, seeing he lived in Nepal. A national pastor gave him a little booklet one day. It was about a man called Jesus Christ. Charlie had never heard of Jesus before. Soon afterward, he came across a radio program talking about the same man, Jesus Christ. This man who was a God. Charlie began going to a little church service that was held in somebody's house. He had always felt a cloud of suffering upon him, but at the church, something happened to his soul. He heard a new teaching and he heard songs about a different God. He experienced fellowship and kindness from people who called themselves followers of Jesus Christ. Charlie began to feel peace. There were even inklings of joy. The pastor of the church, uh, we'll call him HD, wasn't an American. He was a national preacher. Pastor HD taught Charlie how to read the Bible. He taught him how to pray. He led Charlie to Jesus, and Charlie found deliverance from the selfish gods when he accepted the selfless God as his personal savior. That's amazing, isn't it? I hope you never get tired of hearing how our God works salvation in the midst of the earth. Charlie Vandova said that his growth was slow, but he began dressing differently. He began thinking biblically, he kept coming to the church. The words of his mouth changed from unclean to better mannered. As Charlie got older, he began to grow in his faith, and he attended the Acts Institute to study the Bible better. Charlie realized that he had many neighbors and relatives who did not share the new peace that he now enjoyed. He wanted them to know. He decided to ask God to use him to lead people to salvation. Now in Nepal, one doesn't just sashay into a seminary, study Greek and Hebrew, and then send out a resume or an application to be a pastor. 
the church in Nepal probably looks more like the church did under the Roman Empire. No flag waving, no pomp or ceremony, just go and share the gospel. Gather in a home. Let your light shine through your good works. This will lead people to glorify your God. The year is 2018. Pastor Vandova has a wonderful Christian wife. They have a little boy that will turn three later on in the year. Charlie's father and mother are semi-dependent on him, and Nepal is not exactly at the top of Asia's economical ladder. I call him Pastor Vandova, but Charlie isn't a pastor the way you and I might envision. He is an evangelist. He's a lover of Jesus. Yes, he has finished his training at the Axe Institute, but there's not a position waiting for him. He doesn't even think that way. He does want to plant a church, so he and his wife pray. They estimate that they need about 22,000 rupees to get by. In our money, that's just barely under $200. Oh, $200 a month. A month. I mean, what's that? $50 a week? $10 a day? We spend more than that on one meal. So two things happen for Charlie Vandoa. The first is a credit to his character and his commitment. He and his wife set their eyes on a city that has no Christian gathering that they know of. It takes him two or three hours to walk there, but he begins hiring out as a worker. In Nepal, there are no temp agencies. People have to show initiative and availability to get work. Are they exploited with low wages? Yeah, probably. But Charlie also demonstrates diligence and honesty, even a joy in working. You see, Charlie doesn't just want to earn money for his family as he hires himself out to weed gardens or to tend animals or to carry bricks. He wants to lead people to know Jesus Christ. And he knows that his own soul and attitude are keys to attracting people. The second thing that the Lord arranges for this young pastor of 23 years is support from Gospel Inc. I probably used the wrong preposition there because Gospel Inc. is not the donor. I should say through Gospel Inc. instead of from Gospel Inc. Gospel Inc. is the conduit and the accountability organization that enables people to support church planning initiatives, like Pastor Vandova is burdened to accomplish. In 2018, Gospel Inc. organized a church planning initiative in Nepal, in which several men were involved for three years of support to help them get established in their work in ministry. How did it go? Well, I'm sure you don't need a reminder of a recent pandemic that came into our world. COVID-19 has been a problem, but COVID-19 cannot prevail against the church of our Lord Jesus Christ. It was only a couple of months before Charlie Vandova had secured the reputation of not just being a reliable worker, but a profitable one. He and his wife moved to their targeted town and began renting a room in a house. They didn't rent the house, mind you, no. They rented a room in a house where three other rooms were also being rented by other families. 
<laughs> close quarters for sure, but also opportunities to get to know people on a closer than usual basis. No one would ever have begrudged the Vandovas for spending on themselves, but they lived frugal even by Nepali standards. Charlie leveraged every rupee he earned by working construction or with, and with the assistance of gospeling support, he bought a small plot of land for what would, would be around $1,200. Now that might seem cheap land by our standards, but remember it's the equivalent of half a year's budget for him. He made a good investment and later he sold that same plot of land for about $2,000. With that, he has bought a larger piece of land closer to where he is living, and he plans to construct a church building there. In the meantime, he has been able to rent two rooms, one for his family, which, by the way, has increased by another child, and the other room is rented to gather the new Christ followers. These rooms are about 12 by 13 feet in dimension, and really, they live in one room. This small space has a bed and kitchenware and cooking facilities all close together. The other room? Well, that's their worship center. It holds 30 people every Sunday. The room can't hold them all. Some of them have to sit out in the hallway. That's amazing. The seating area of my home church isn't overflowing. I don't know any American pastors who are raising two kids in a 12 by 13 space. I'm not trying to disrespect the American church, I'm just drawing contrasts. I love the church on both sides of the ocean. The church is the bride of Christ. I'm a part of that church. What I find is that we as churches from different cultures and different countries can offer each other much. Charlie Vandova from Nepal offers me inspiration. His zeal, his efforts, his self-sacrifice make me want to serve the Lord Jesus with the same fervor. What does the church in the United States offer him? Well, he got his training from an American organization. The support he received through Gospel Inc. gave him a tremendous boost, significantly adding to what he was making weeding gardens. It encouraged him to realize that his God was providing for him as he sought to plant a church in an unevangelized village. Exhort one another, the scripture says, as ye see the day approaching. The day is approaching, and we have the privilege to exhort one another, support one another. And that, my friends, is good news. I have not been to Nepal personally, but this country has opened up quite a bit in the last 50 years to the gospel. Still, I think it's the national people who already speak the language and who know the culture who are taking the gospel to the mountain hamlets and going to the unreached villages like you've heard how Charlie Vandova is doing. 
Pastor Vandova was a part of a three-year support program in which people pledged to sponsor him and the group for three years. Today, Charlie is living without GospelLink support. But, like I said, his small church has grown to 30-plus people attending. He has also been able to increase his standard of living in the last three years. GospelLink is still working in Nepal. In fact, we have started a new cycle, a three-year cycle, helping national church planners. Would you like to be a part of this? You can visit gospelink.org or you can visit cupofgoodnews.org and there's a button that can link you to the Nepal Church Planning Initiative page. I've also got a photo of Charlie and his family in front of the house which they first rented, the one room. Their faces are blurred, so if you want to see them better, you'll have to write to me and I can send you an email with their photo. You can do that, of course, at dean at cupofgoodnews.org. Dean at cupofgoodnews.org. And when you do, tell me what you think of the abominable snowman.